My name's Janelle. For those who don't know me, how blessed are we to have these guys giving us a taste of heaven, you know, leading us in a taste of heaven every week. Far out. Thank you, guys. Oh, thank you, Father, for their skills and abilities and giftings. Today's week three of our series on rest. Tim has titled today, Experiencing God's Rest. And he asked me a while back to lead us in a guided reflection of Psalm 23 instead of having a sermon today. So we're going to spend the time that we normally would now on a sermon going through this beautiful psalm and we're going to actually practice resting in God. This is what one author says about the practice of resting in God. The rest of God can only be found in ceasing from all our own works and learning to just be in the presence of the Lord. Today might feel, or tonight might feel a little bit strange for some of us. If you're not used to sitting in stillness with God, it might be a bit of a challenge. It might require moving out of your comfort zone a little bit. And I do apologise to anyone who might find this uncomfortable tonight. I'm not going to put the microphone in front of you and ask you to speak or anything like that. We're just going to be working through the psalm and at different points stopping and experiencing God for ourselves. This is our goal for tonight. It's to experience God's rest by focusing on him and listening to him for ourselves. Normally in a sermon, we sit back and listen, don't we? And haven't we been fed beautifully by Tim the last two weeks? My goodness. Today, though, is about each of us meeting with God personally. And my job is to just try and facilitate that for us. So rather than doing everything I tell you to, the goal for today is for you to actually engage with God yourself, one-on-one. -on -one. If you fall asleep tonight, it doesn't even matter. Rather than follow my instructions, because having time with the Lord is not at all prescriptive, um, please just see me as a facilitator leading you to experience in him for yourself. The reason that we're doing this today is that we don't want to be a people who just learn about the idea of resting in God. We need to be a people who know the reality of living out rest in him, don't we? Tim's taught us about different facets of resting in God. There's that element of resting in him where we go about our daily lives and we involve him in every part of it. This one that we're experiencing tonight, different facet, is just taking time to be still and know that he is God. The key thing for tonight is just to sit in his presence and be. Does that sound good? 
true. In my experience, getting alone with Jesus is one of the best things you can ever do as a Christian. And that's a big statement that I need to be able to back up. So here's the main backup. Jesus did it. The whole time he was on earth, he drew apart, didn't he, just to be alone with his father. And if he needed it, how much more do we need it? There's three differences I tried to condense into three um, that I noticed within myself as a result of spending time alone with God. Um, so from when I walk into a space, close the door and just get alone with him for a period of time, then coming out again. What are the differences from when, when it begins and when it ends? There's a greater awareness that I'm fully understood and unconditionally loved. My family and others do a good job of seeking to understand me and love me unconditionally. But God is the only one who knows us completely and he's the only one who has the capacity to love unconditionally. I'm better equipped to keep in step with his spirit, meaning I'm better able to recognise or hear his voice leading me in everyday life and I'm more likely to want to obey him. And he recharges us to serve others. If you think about a car, we're going in for a battery recharge, a wheel alignment, we're getting realigned and we're just actually having a whole engine overhaul every time we go and spend time alone with our maker and our father. I find my perspective is better. I'm better able to recognise the things that I've been blowing out of perspective afterwards. I'm more calm, more at peace as a result of having rested in him. And this enables me to love others from that place of rest that Tim's mentioned rather than a place of striving. Like I said before, there's no prescription for spending time alone with our Father. It's good to dwell deeply in some scripture and ask him to show you what he wants you to know about it just in this moment. How it might apply to your life today. I go to commentaries if I need to, to learn more. And I just generally pour my heart out to him and take the time to listen in my soul to what he's saying to me through the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're going to be doing today. We'll be working through Psalm 23, one section at a time, and taking time to just be in his presence as we finish each little section. So I invite you to get comfortable. There's bean bags, front and back. Just relax. Let's get ready. So 
We're soaking in the presence of Jesus. We're experiencing the depths of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, that's his name. We're going to be scuba diving with the Lord tonight into the depths and riches, the pearls that he's got for us just in our own hearts and souls. Let's be still and know that he's God. Let's become aware of his Holy Spirit within us. Maybe we could breathe in, deep breath, breathing in the Holy Spirit and breathing out all the dross and stuff of the world that's been crowding up our minds. In the Holy Spirit, thank you, Jesus, and out all the stuff of the world. Let's pray. Father, you are the author of rest. We come to you now and we ask that you enable us to experience rest in you today. We pray for anyone here, Father, who does not know with all of their heart that they're yours. And we ask that not one person will leave here today without having that knowledge deep in their inner being. Thank you that it is your delight to encounter us. Please meet with us personally in the deepest parts of our being today. In Jesus' name we're asking this. Amen. If you'd like to open your Bibles on your phone to Psalm 23, but no pressure. These beautiful words were written by God through David, who was a shepherd caring for his sheep before God later made him a king. And it starts, The Lord is my shepherd, David said, I lack nothing. Let's close our eyes. Let's picture who is the Lord. consuming fire he's the maker of heaven and earth he's the alpha and omega he always was he is and he always will be he exists outside of time He's a warrior and a defender of the weak. He's majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, and he's working wonders. Father, would you please give us a greater knowledge of who you are 
as we sit with you now and just concentrate on who you are, Jesus, please.
Father, for the times when we've tried being our own shepherd instead of relying only on you. We've tried to do things our own way. We've made idols of ourselves and others rather than basing our identity only in you. We return to you now as our one and only shepherd and you might like to just say to Jesus in your mind, the Lord is my shepherd. shepherd he lacked nothing or he had everything he needed it takes a lot of trust for us to know that God will meet all our needs doesn't it the apostle Paul demonstrated this trust when he said to the Philippian church I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation and then he said whether well fed or hungry whether living in plenty or in want and then he went on to write to the Philippians my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus the Lord was Paul's shepherd Therefore, he had everything he needed. Sometimes he was well fed, sometimes he wasn't. But like David, Paul knew who he trusted. As a consequence of the Lord being his shepherd, Paul could say with confidence to the Philippians, My God will also meet all. struggling to trust you with.
just as the man cried out to Jesus in the book of Mark saying, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. So we cry out to you, Father, saying, Lord, we trust you, but help the parts of us that are struggling to trust you, please, Father.
Jesus said to the woman at the well, those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. What Jesus was saying to the woman was, you will no longer need to strive for fulfilment. You won't need to chase after every next positive circumstance because I myself will refresh your soul. Would you fill us with a tangible sense of your presence, Father, as we wait on you now, please? guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Just as a shepherd leads sheep in the right and best way to go, our Father leads us. Father, we bring those things to you now that we need your guidance in. Would you show us the right path, Father? You say in Isaiah that when we turn to the right or the left, will hear a voice behind us saying this is the way walk in it please impress your will upon our hearts Father
though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. David had freedom from fear. Fear is such a terrible thing, isn't it? It's paralyzing. As we run to God with our fears, he fights to defend us. David could say that even though he walked through the darkest valley, he would not fear evil. He could say this because God had given him personal experience as his strong and mighty defender. In another psalm, Psalm 91, David says, A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but no harm will befall you because you have made the Lord your dwelling place.
us. We can renounce those fears in the name of Jesus. So let's just spend time now renouncing our fears in Jesus' name. Those same fears that you brought to him, just renounce them in the name of Jesus. Take them to him and leave them there. They're not ours to carry. Sure. 
acknowledge that we're more than conquerors because and only because of you. that he 
trust in him and who place their life in his hands right now. And he was looking beyond this life to the glorious inheritance that was his and that is yours for the future. Anyone who has Jesus as their saviour, he is preparing a place and a most amazing inheritance. Holy Spirit, would you witness to our spirits that this life is not the end? You say in Revelation 21 that you're making everything new. The old order of pain and suffering will be gone forever. Jesus says it is done. There will be no more crying, no more pain. I am preparing a place for you that will never perish or fade away. You will be with me and the Father face to face without the hindrance of sin or suffering.
opportunity to flip it a little bit. Whereas we've been thinking of Jesus as our shepherd, now we're going to think of him as the sheep that came willingly to be one of us and to be led willingly and slaughtered for us. He was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before its shearers is silent. He did not open his mouth. It cost you everything, Jesus, to lay your life down for us. You came and walked among us sinless. You were the only sinless human being who has ever lived. And yet you are also fully God. You gave up your rightful place in heaven to walk as one of us modelled to us how to live our lives here on this earth. We love you. We worship you and we give our lives to you in return, Jesus. Please come and take the biscuit that represents Jesus' body given for us at the cross and the juice representing his blood that was poured out for us. So if you'd like to give to the work of the church, Father, may anything that's given to you monetarily be only used for your purposes. Thank you so much, Father, that all of this money is yours. Thank you for what you do through it here in this place.